0: Okay, good morning. So last week, just to recap, we're discussing a question of um, somebody who forgot to be mafresh challah, from the sticker bread, to challah, that they were eating on of Pesach. And uh, we recounted the story, and the bottom line was, he was mafresh challah, designated challah on Shabbos, and he gave it to a Kohen child to eat. Now, I'll confess that when I first heard the story, the part of the story that sounded the most uh, outlandish or you know unusual was the fact that he gave kohen to challah to eat. But as we saw last week, in fact, halakhically it's perfectly legitimate not to give challah um, and the to kohen to eat, and uh, at most it's a minhag not to, and um, doesn't seem to be a very hundred percent clear reason why not. Um, it seems to be just in case his Kohenic lineage is not 100%, even though in all other areas of halacha, um, we, we, we don't seem to be too concerned for that. But anyway, that's that that's a fact. However, as we'll see today, um, it's actually having chala in, um, designating chala on Shabbos, that is the bigger issue. So, first of all, there's the concept called Euchel HaMeshayr, which we already touched upon last week. Um, but let's just see inside a couple of the sources. Um, okay, so uh, the, 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 the sources that I have in English are on the handouts. This is not in English, so if you want to follow in Hebrew on the screen, you can. So the the mm-hmm. If you want to first eat the challah, eat the bread. And then eat, uh, and then you know. Let's let's try and use the word bread for bread, and use the word challah only for the challah that you designate that you mafish from the challah. So to make sure we're not confusing our terms, right? So the if you want to eat your bread, and afterwards designate the challah. Now this is not talking about Shabbos. This is talking anytime. Strictly speaking, in the diaspora, if you want to first eat and then eat mafish later, that's fine. Because it's only medirabalon, it's not necessary to do more than that. Um, and the Zemach Leukes are showing him how you do it. Um, Rashi seems to hold that means that you have a loaf of bread, you eat it, you leave over a piece, and the piece that you leave over is the khal. But Toysus says, no, you have to leave over a little bit more and separate from the piece that you've left over that which will be the chala. In other words, you can't have the chala just becoming chala automatically. There has to be an act of separation where there is something that remains and you remove and, and, and you take away a piece that's chala and there's something left over. And we pass it back as the says, you have to leave over a little bit more then the amount of khala that you're going to de- de- designate Kodeshah Yehishirah Meshach Now, there are various ways of understanding how this mechanism works, um, even in the different ways of understanding. But with one very important thing, which I want to point out, which is going to be relevant to our discussion today, is that the way the Alte Rebbe words it over here, um, and this is not unique to the Rebbe. this is quite common understanding, of just brought one quote where you see this, um, <clears throat> is that it, it, the context is, well, why is it customary not to do this, right? So the Allah is that you are allowed to bima, eat and be master later. So why is it customary not to do this? So there's two reasons brought in Pasukum why it's not why not to. So one reason the Alta brings in Ish Samach, um, where he says, that even though because so let's give the context. We're going to revisit this in a moment anyway. So the Mishnah in the Shabbos, which is passing the halacha, that there are a number of things which a person must say in his house before Shabbos and Friday afternoon before Shabbos comes in. A man is obligated to check up on various things, and one of the checks he has to make sure: Have you lit the candles? Make sure there has to be light tonight. Uh, nowadays, uh, nowadays, uh, maybe you could say it's included. You, you see, the lights are on. You don't need to. You know, it's not about. But those days, when that's what they were lying on the candles for the light, so I had to make sure. One of the things he has to say is, "Did you separate challah?" Um, and the Alter Rebbe says that even though nowadays in Chutz you are allowed to eat bread even before you are mafresh challah, and you be mafresh challah after Shabbos, nevertheless, it's still a good thing to. Um, make sure that the, to, to, to do this mitzvah before Shabbos, that uh, to make sure that everybody's be mafish chala, um, because so he says, because even though khala's you can eat and leave over for later, nevertheless, the minhag is to be mafish chala before you eat. Why? Shema Yishkach, in case you will forget. So, the first reason why we don't do this, why in fact the custom is. That we're before we before we bake it, before anything, we The reason is because we're concerned you might forget. We'll see soon another reason. And then he says, that if you forget to separate chala, then it will have turned out that you have retroactively you have eaten tevel. Tevel is the halachic terminology for food that chala has not been taken from, or grain that turuma that the tithes have not been separated from. So the Altarembi says here very clearly that if you eat the bread and later on you forget to leave over a part to designate challah from, you will have retroactively eaten a tabel. And I think we could infer from here that if you do designate challah later, um, then you have retroactively not eaten tabel. You have fixed what you ate before. Then we'll see soon um, that has possible different ways of understanding it, but certainly the halacha um, the Altara makes it very clear that by designating chala later you have you you have you, you've ret- rectified that which you have eaten before. Now le- the other reason, the other reason why it's customary not to eat chala. One second. Okay, we'll see that soon okay so but but back to the strict halacha the strict halacha is clearly that you can eat eat the bread and be mafresh later now when you mafresh chala later so again you have a loaf of bread a few loaves of bread you eat it you leave it over one lo- loaf and then you're taking a piece to designate as chala. do you make a chala on that on that mitzvah what you're doing later Or or can you only say, if you're doing it, you're separating challah, and you have the rest of the the, the bread left to eat. So the normative approach is clearly, I found it explicitly in the and there's a number of other references where it seems to be taken for granted that yes, you would say a bracha. You can say a bracha, you can eat the bread, Leave over a piece to be Mafish shkala pram, make a bracha half and um, and 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 then designate the shkala. And I assume that, for example, last week we had the story of the Grudzinski's bakery, where the rabbi comes in later to be Mafish shkala. I would assume that that's in fact what he does. That he does it um, with a bracha. The reason I mention this is because I saw that Reb Shlomo Zalman and this is quoted in Shmir Shabbos Khasan, it's quoted in Shlomo also. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman said, "Maybe you don't say a bracha," and he gets into um, the details of exactly how hafroschis chala post facto, how the mechanism works. But I think that in practice, it's it's fairly it's fairly um, considered f- fairly uh, standard that you would say a bracha lahafroschis chala when designating chala after the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so the, he wants to say perhaps even a kunda Yeah, it's probably yeah, but it's it. Okay. Either way, we pass on the tesis, He want. I'm just pointing that out it, it, because we're going to get back to it later. Okay. Now, so until now, what we've spoken about is nothing to do with Shabbos. This is all any time of the week, any time of the year. You can eat khala, You can eat the bread and be mafresh chava later. Although the Minhag is not to do so, and we saw one reason why the Minhag is not to do so. Just a second, so Rabbi, what makes Parashat Can you uh, elaborate on the question? Uh, what what makes it different from like other bread? Nothing. No. How? So yeah, you're raising a very good point. We're actually going to touch upon that soon. But 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 but, but challah is a colloquialism. The fact that we call the bread that we use on Shabbos challah is, is just uh, it doesn't, at least at face value. There's no uh, religious significance to that. Okay. And let's actually read. If you look on the pages I gave out on page one, line 31. And this is a translation of the Al-Tadabu Shulchan from Seminary Samach, um, Sif Hey. So it says like this, close to nightfall before Ben Hashmashes, a man must ask the members of his household whether they have separated the tithes from the produce necessary for the Shabbos, because one may not tithe on Shabbos. Even in these countries where the obligation to tithe does not apply, it is desirable to add right, because we don't take tithes from produce in America. Nevertheless, it is desirable to ask whether challah was separated, because challah may not be separated on Shabbos. Now, true, challah from the diaspora need not be separated before one partakes of the bread. Instead, according to the law, one may proceed and eat, leaving over a small amount from which challah could be separated after Shabbos. Nevertheless, as an initial preference, it is customary to separate it before eating lest one forget later on. And thus consequently, the outcome will be that we will have eaten Tebel retroactively, right? And therefore, the, minha- the Rebbe is telling us that we should um, we should indeed um, make this announcement a reminder at home every, every Friday before Shabbos to ask your wife, did she separate Chalm? Now, um, according to this understanding, you know, we'll come back to this in a second. I just want to point out now, then there's another reason why it's customary not to um, rely on the Eichel <laughs> Mashai nowadays, which the al brings in Simon Tofnan Zayin, and I think you also have the English of this, yeah, on page two, line nine. Moreover, this is from uh, uh, Simon Tofnan Zayin's base. It is pious conduct to be stringent and to separate challah from all the matzahs that come from... So here it's talking about um, separating challah on Pesach. And he's talking about a case where you, you baked it, and there were different amounts of the dough, uh, the different sizes of dough, and later on you bring all the baked mountains together, so they become like one entity. Um, so there's a concept of min mukhaf. Min ha-mukof means that whatever you separate khala or take truma for that matter, all the produce which you are um, which you are separating the khala for, separating the tithe for, right now has to be present right there. That's called min hamukuf. You can, I can't separate uh, a tide over here for, for produce of mine that's down the block. I have to be right there together. Now, strictly speaking, that does not apply to chalas chutzlar. It means in the diaspora, in the diaspora, um, you can separate chalas shleim min hamukuf. So I can have a dough, I, I can, if I make a big dough, I'm not talking about where you have separate doughs and you combine them afterwards. You made one big dough, and then you have one in this kitchen and one in that kitchen. So strictly speaking, you can designate challah from one of the kitchens. And that that covers all the challah that you have even in the other kitchen. Even once they're separated. Internally. Yes. Nevertheless, he says that it's a middus chasidus, um, stringency, that even in separating or designating challah in the diaspora, it should be min mukaf. Right now, if you want to do the stringency of eating challah min hamukaf, then you can't have the leniency of eating and then designating challah. Because once you've eaten it, it's no longer min hamukaf. it's not there anymore. Right? You can't eat your challah. You can't have your cake and eat it. Right? You can't eat your bread and and designate challah afterwards min hamukaf. If it's if it's if it's not good enough, if it's in another room, then certainly it's not good enough. If you've eaten it already, and you may have eaten it already a week ago, right? So that comes into the context of challah, of matzah. We're not going to get into all the details, which are the subject of Semen Tafnon Zayn, but the relevance to our discussion is that that's another reason why it's customary usually not to rely on this leniency of Eichel and that you may partake of the bread before designating challah. Now, what comes out from all of this, by the way, is that it is indeed um customary for a husband every friday before he goes to shul to ask his wife did you separate challah and that's that's the custom and um it would seem also from here that, it, that that's only in Chutzlarat, but that in israel it is absolutely it's an obligation right and um if emmanuel's son in law leaves to shul in Be'er sheva without reminding his wife asking her if she took challah he has transgressed he has violated this mishnah this halacha and yet in practice and this is not something that we actually observe people doing, not in Chutzlaritz and not in Eitz Yisrael. And so we have our trusted friend, the Ishal Avram, who two weeks ago we discussed um, when he says, how come there's a mitzvah to say the bracha on the trees and how come nobody says it? And indeed, he had a way to justify it. And he's always has ways to justify things, even very creative ways, um, ju- justifying prevalent customs. And so here, too, he does not forsake us. And the Eshel Ram says a very interesting thing, which leads right into what you were saying, David um, uh, Yehuda. He says like this, in the holy Shulchan Aruch, it says that you have to remind them, did you take challah? And I've never seen or heard anybody do this. By the way, early on, <coughs> I might put this in the early on he says that the minhag is that the husband prepares the Shabbos candles for the wife to light. So he says that could be in fulfillment of the missioner saying that. Uh, let me get a bit bigger. That could be in fulfillment of the. One. That could be fulfillment of the missioner saying that you have to remind your wife to light the to, to light the candles. So we fulfill that by actually. Um, preparing the candle, participating in the preparation of the candles ourselves. Anyway, but um, he says like this, about I've never seen anybody do this. And he says, the reason is that nowadays we call the bread challah. Why do you call the bread challah? He says, by calling the bread challah, you, you, so, so you always have an automatic built-in reminder to separate challah. This is bread. Why are you calling it challah? Oh, you're calling it chala because there's a mitzvah to designate, to separate chala, and therefore you have an unbuilt, unbuilt reminder, and we don't have to think. I, I must say that this is, uh, halachically speaking, this is uh, some, you know, I mean, I, all of us have been calling chala for many years, and it never even occurred to us that this is the reason. And in fact, it's my b'chol that people do indeed forget to be ma'afresh chala. But nevertheless, the Ishmael has this limutzchus, justifying and indeed testifying that in practice nobody does this. Okay. Um, uh, just before we continue, uh, so uh, there was a chassid in Montreal called Rabbi Label Kramer, um, and uh, I think he's actually my cousin's grandpa. Anyway, so Rabbi Label Kramer, the Friedrich Rabbi told Rabbi Label Kramer that uh, there's three things, it says in Shekhan there's three things you have to say um before shabbos asartem, did you did you take the tithes which also includes challah but the word is Asartem, did you take the tide the second one is a raftem did you make an eruv? um in other words again nowadays the the, the best of the city makes eruv, right but it used to be that everybody on their little street made their eruv. and th- did you light the candles so the feeling Kramer told by kramer this means you have to ask yourself the following asartem which can be read as did you make rich who did you make rich this week? Who did you help? Who did you do a favor? Begashmius. Um, who did you help this week? Haravtem, did you make a Eruv, also means sweet. Who did you Who did you help to have a sweet week this week? Um, and if you do those two things, then hadlikos hasaner, then Hashem will indeed brighten up your week for you. Anyway, so that's the chassidah shatach. Let, let, let's get back to to, 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 to here. So now... So that's the din of Eichel HaMeshair that halachically speaking you can eat and then designate challah. We've seen two reasons why in effect it's not we Mach may not to do it either because you might forget or in order to do, to do the Middas Chassidus of separating challah minha mukaf when everything is right here present here and right now. But that, so that, that's the halacha. Now what we have to do is see the halacha of designating challah on Shabbos. So there is a Mishnah the Mishnah says these are all, this is a Mishnah which is listing out things which are rabbinically prohibited. And it is rabbinically prohibited to, to do the shvus, to do this on Shabbos and Yomitesh. And one of the examples is Leimak and truma You're not allowed to designate um, the, the various tides. Now it says Trumah but it includes also Chalat, presumably. And the Gemara Mishnah says, These all—all all these laws of not betrothing and not and including, not designating truma and ma'aser, apply on Yomtif, kal Shabbos, and certainly they apply on Shabbos. And then the Gemara says like this: So why are you not allowed to designate truma and ma'aser on Yamtiv? So this is a derivative of Makibah Patish. is the final of the thirty-nine melachas of Shabbos, which means to. It literally means the blow with the hammer, but it means the finishing blow where you make something fit for use. So this produce, which you did not t- take the tithes from, is forbidden to eat. You designate the tithes. You have now created the misaken. You have fixed it. You have made it fit for use. So that's why it's forbidden to do it on Shabbos. It is a rabbinical violation of the prohibition to be makkabah the last of the 39 malachos, and we refer to it as misaken, which means to to fix, or to make fit for use. So the Gemara says, based on uh, of discussing this Mishnah, why does the Mishnah tell, need to tell me that you may not designate Trumas and Mises on Shabbos? Pshita, it's obvious. I, I know that you're not allowed to be Makalopatish. I know you're not allowed to be Masakid. So obviously, you're not allowed to designate room and Mises. So the Gemara says, <laughs> Um, it means, the, the part of it that's not obvious is that you're not obviously you're not allowed to designate it, but even if you've already designated it before Shabbos, you may not give it to a kohen on that day of Shabbos, which we're not going to get into right now. Um, and then the Gemara gives an example, mm-hmm. that that something which was haidna, fruit which became tevel, remember tevel means something that you have not designated it from, uh, from. It from. So fruit which became tevel today, for example, a dough which you need to designate challah from, that you may designate on Yom and give it to a Akayim. So what we see from this Gemara is a number of things. Number one, when you talk about fruit and vegetables or, or, or any produce, it can't become tevel today. It grows tevel. The only way you could have something that became tevel today is a dough, because you take flour, you take water, you mix it together. Now you have created an obligation to designate challah. So it became Tamil today. So if you make dough on Yom Tif, which you're allowed to do, you're allowed to knead and bake dough on Yom Tif, right? Not on Shabbos. But on Yom Tif, you're allowed to knead and bake dough. So then on Yom Tif, you're allowed to designate um, uh, the challah. Because you made the dough today, you're allowed to designate the challah and give it to the challah today. So even though the Mishnah only gave the example of Truman and of of tithes, it didn't give the example of challah. We see from this Gemara that challah is included in the example of that Mishnah. So this is in Be'odaf, Lamed Vov, and Lamed Zayim. Now, early on in the same Masechta, there's another Gemara, which says, and here you have this in the English also. Now, the English comes with a bit of a, a commentary, um, but it's on, it's on page one. Page one, the very top of page one. Okay? Um, Oma'arovah. So Rav says. So first he talks about shachting a and bird, and then he says, If a person needed a dough on the day before yomtiv, you may designate challah from it on yomtiv." the father of Shmuel, says, "No. You may not designate challah on yomtif from a dough that was designated that was made before yomtiv." So we have a, a, a machlokos. Rabbi says no. Sorry, Rabbi says yes, he's lenient. Avuah the the father of Shmuel, says no. Okay, so what's going on over here? Why does why does Rabbi say you may designate Chala on Yomtiv? And why does Avuah Shmuel say you're not allowed to? Well, let's start the reason why you're not allowed. to. Why would you not be allowed to designate Chala on Yomtiv? Because we said before, it's Messakin. In other words, before you were not allowed to eat it, now you can eat it. So the Gemara says, hold on a second, we, we, there's a halacha of Eichel HaMashayr. If you're talking about produce, taking a tithe from it, before you take the tithe, you may not eat the produce. But here, the halacha is the That means you are allowed to partake in the bread before you've taken designated challah. So, so you're not being masakim. The second is, if I had something that was not fit for use, now I've separated challah and it became fit for use. This bread was fit for use even before I designated challah because we're talking in the diaspora. In the diaspora, you're allowed to eat it before you to, before you set, designate challah. So why does Avu Adeshul, Why does the father of Shmuel say you may not designate challah from dough that you made before Yamtiv? You're not masakin. You're allowed to eat the dough, right? It, it, is it size we're talking about? Yeah. So the Gemara answers, no. True, you're not allowed to designate. You're allowed to eat the dough before. You're allowed to eat the bread before you designate challah and chuz But if you do designate challah before you eat it, it still has the status of challah. In that, for example, it would be forbidden for a non-Kohen to eat it. So, in other words, you are creating an entity of of khala of truma and therefore it is included in the all-inclusive law that we saw in the mishnah before that you may not designate trumas and maestres or tithes uh, or including khala on shabbos and okay now there are various ways of understanding the gemara and i'm not going to go through all the all the shenim inside what i want to do is you have on the first page of the handout you have this chart anybody wants the sorry um let's let me see if i can get the chart up on the screen over here um i don't think I have the chart on the screen so you guys following by screen will have to uh bear with us over here okay So I actually reviewed the thing over Shabbos. I saw there's some typos on on the chart, but let's go through it together, okay? So first we have the opinion of Rabbah, who is lenient. And he says that you may not, that you may designate challah on Tov, even if the dough was needed before Tov. So Rashi explains like this. He says there was never any decree against separating challah on Tov. What that means is, because we saw, we saw earlier, right, that if you need a dough on yom tif, then you're allowed to designate chala on yom tif. Why? Because you're allowed to need dough today, so obviously you have to be able to designate chala. So therefore, Rabbi says, sorry, therefore, Rabba says that we see that the Chachamim never made a decree against taking chala on yom tif. When it says in the Mishnah, We don't take Trumas and Mises on Shabbos. It it wasn't including challah. Because challah, there was never a decree not to take challah on Yomtev because you may take challah on Yomtev if the dough was needed today. So therefore, you can also take the challah if it was needed tomorrow. Sorry, yesterday, right? Everyone with me so far? I... We saw the Gemara later explicitly says that the Mishnah doesn't refer to challah as well. So there's two ways that you could um, explain that Mishnah. Either, like the Ran says, you see this on, on the chart, it's on over here in this box over here, I quoted the Ran, that most texts of the Talmud omit that phrase. So before we read the Gemara, which says... That the chala in chutzla yeah, that, that that we that that the the Mishnah that says you're not allowed to designate tithes through on Yom includes chala, includes a prohibition against taking chala, But so, but but, but the ran says most that that's not a legitimate text of the Gemara. That that Gemara doesn't belong there, and therefore, according to Rashi, that's it. There what, there is no decree ever against taking chala on Yom Alternatively, you could say that Gemara is talking about the Mishnah. And you know what? Let, let's leave it there. So, so the, the khairah, Rashi, the khairah, that's what Rashi would have to say. That there's no Rashi does, must ha, not be have that Gemara. And Bamela. yeah, it's quite, it's almost, it's almost explicit in Rashi that he doesn't have that text of the Gemara. So according to Rashi, there is no prohibition at all against taking challah on Yom Tev. Now point to ponder, point to ponder is, sorry, let me just finish this. According to Rashi, according, Rabbi says there's no prohibition. And then the father of Shemuel says, no, there is a prohibition. Why? Because if you need the dough on Yom Tev, so you have no choice, you may fish challah. But if you made the dough before Yom Tev, then you could have, you had a choice, to separate challah before Yom Tov, so the fact that you forgot or didn't get around to it to designate challah before Shambhus. no, we're not going to let you do it on Yom Tov. Okay, that's Rashi. How does Rashi pasquin? So Rashi in the Gemara doesn't pasquin, but the Torah quotes Rashi. He pasquins luchumra. He pasquins stringently, like the father of Shmuel, that in fact we may not designate challah on sh- on Yom Tov. So he have the lenient opinion of Rabbah and Rashi pasquins like the opinion of Avodah Shmuel. Now, L'Chairah, one second, now what would, Rashi is talking about Yom what would Rashi hold about Shabbos? Because remember, our question that we're talking about wasn't Yom it was Shabbos. Now, we saw in the Mishnah before. That it says <laughs> that anything that applies to yamtiv certainly applies on Shabbos. So that if there's a prohibition to do it in Yomtif, there's a prohibition to do it on Shabbos. But here we're saying on the, on the contrary, there's a permission to do it on, Sh- on yamtiv because you may anyway designate Chala on Yomtif if you needed the to dough today. Now, on the one hand, you could say logic could tell you. Rashi, it's Yomtev. On Yomtev, there is sometimes permission to designate challah if you needed the dough today. So therefore, we say that that, that permission will apply to all cases, even if you created, needed the dough yesterday. But on Shabbos, there's never an opportunity to need a dough on Shabbos. You're not allowed to need a dough on Shabbos. So you could say, no, it doesn't apply. And therefore, even according, it's possible to say that Rashi would hold that even rabbi, who is lenient on Yamtiv, would be strict on Shabbos. That's one option. Alternatively, um, alternatively, no, because the, <laughs> Rashi is saying when the Mishnah says that you're not allowed to tithe on Shabbos, on Yom Tif and Shabbos, that word tithe, oh, it refers specifically to Trumas HaMaisers, and it doesn't, refer, it doesn't include designating challah. There, there, there was never such a prohibition made. And therefore, if you have that understanding in Rashi, the rabbi's lenient opinion, according to Rashi, would apply on Shabbos as well. Okay, so that's two ways... Of understanding Rashi's lenient Rabba's lenient opinion according to Rashi. Then we have the opinion of the Rosh, the Ran and the Raivad, and many others. That's why there's a plus sign, because there's also many others. And they say like this no the reason why Rabbah holds you a you, lot to designate challah and Yamtif is because we're talking specifically about the diaspora, and you have an option to do it after Shabbos, so therefore it's not mishakit. But if you don't have an option to do it after Shabbos or after Tov, like in Israel, then even Rabbah would agree that you may not do it. And the Rosh would say, you know, there's a Gemara that we saw before from Lamed Zion and Lamed Al-Fat says explicitly that you may not designate Chalon Yamtav. that Gemara is talking about the Mishnah. Obviously the Mishnah is talking about in, in Israel. But the Gemara here is talking about, the, in other words, when you're commenting on the Mishnah, the Mishnah is talking about Israel. The Tanoim lived in Eitz Yisrael. But now in Daftas, where it's the Miroim talking about their own lives, they live in Bavel, they live in Chutzlaretz. So when we're talking about Eretz Yisrael, we say you're not allowed to designate challah on Shabbos, because that's misakin. because without taking challah, you may not eat it, so therefore it's misakin. But if, but when the Amiroim are talking in Chutzlaretz, in Chutzlaretz you're allowed to, you, you have an option to eat Eichel so you are allowed to eat it, and therefore Rabbah holds, um, you can't be lenient. And the Rosh Paskins Lekula, very important. The Rosh, the Ran, the many Rishonim, Paskin, Lukula, like the opinion of Rabba. And if you look at the top left box of the chart, footnote one and two, I said our text of the Gemara reads Rabba. and many Rishonim Paskin like Rabba, leniently. But some have the text Rava. And if you have the text Ravah, that would be another reason to be lenient because Ravah is later than Avuradishmol, and we have a principle that whoever came later on, we paskin like him, because he obviously saw what his predecessors uh, said, and he was able to say, nonetheless, I'm taking everything into account and I'm paskin in Lukula. So if you have the text Ravah, that would be another reason to be lenient. and other, Yet others have the text Rav, and Rav is always, the halach always follows Rav. So, there's numerous reasons to be lenient. Okay. Um, but then, we have other rishonim, primarily the Rif and the Rambam, who say, no, the simple reading of the Gemara later on was that you're not allowed to designate the Chala. They don't like this whole difference between Eretz Yisrael and laretz And even though, even though the Gemara explicitly suggests that we're talking here about laretz nevertheless, they don't accept that. And they say that the simple reading of the Gemara later on is that you're not allowed to designate challah on Shabbos on Tov, and therefore the halacha remains like a void of Shmuel, that you may not designate challah on Shabbos on Um Now, very important to, to see the wording over here. The Tor, which is the immediate precursor to the Shulchan Aruch, he brings all these opinions. And he says, since there's a machloikas, it's better to be machmir, not to designate challah. Why? Because anyway, you have another option. You could be a chalamashayir. So the Tor, he's like, you have a machloikus. You have the Rosh and the Ram, the Rivad, and many Rishonim who hold that you're not allowed to designate challah on, that you are allowed to designate challah on Shabbos, on Tov. Then you have the Rif and the Rambam, and, and many others who say you're not allowed. So, anyways, you know, secostesh King It's not a big deal to be machmir. So, don't designate challah and Shabbos Yom and eat and leave some over and designate it after Shabbos. It's no big deal. So, therefore, you should be machmir. That's the way the Torah says it. But the are the, the way the Shulchan Aruch says it, he just he doesn't he doesn't have that sort of ambivalent, if you will, wording like the Torah has. He just puts it straight and simple. On Shabbos, you may not designate, on Shabbos and Yomdav, you may not designate khal. Um, a few other points that are important before we continue the, the, the discussion. There is another, a, a whole other way to learn the Gemara, which is that Rav is talking about specifically where Gilgal Issa, where you made a dough, but you did, where, you, where you mixed the flour and the water, but you didn't actually knead it into a dough. And that's the case where Rabbah is, is lenient. But if you actually had a full-fledged dough, or bread for that matter, before Shabbos, then even, or before Yom Tov, then even Rabbah would say that you may not um, designate the challah on Shabbos. So that would be a more stringent approach. Um, and then there's also very interesting in Me'iri, who says... That he gets into a whole long discussion, but the bottom line is, and I brought that on the on the on the bottom of the page of the chart, he says the reason why you rabbi says you're allowed to designate challah on Yom is specific to Yom because you're anyway busy with dough on Yom you can knead it, you can bake it, you can shape it, you can do all sorts of things with your dough on Yom So, you're already busy with it. We'll let you be mafresh challah. Now, the relevance of that mitzvah is because. I, I haven't seen that the Meiris pirosh uh, 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 is brought in the in Torah the Shachanarach in the primary halach, halachic uh, on the, the Pasukim, but it's interesting because the Meiris approach wouldn't work for Shabbos. He says the permission of Rabbah to do it is only because you're anyway busy with the dough. On Shabbos, you're not anyway busy with dough. You can't uh, shape dough or make chala, bake, chala on sh- bake bread on yom tif, on Shabbos. So according to the M'iri, it also wouldn't work on Shabbos. Okay, now is Azoi. So the halacha remains in Shogh that you may not designate Khala on, on Shabbos in accordance with the opinion of Avuad the Shmuel, and like we've just seen the Rishonim who in that way. Come to gain the morning, of One second. So the Morgan of Rome comes along, in Simon Tov in the laws of Yom Tif, and he says, Shulchan says that if you have challah on Yom Tov and you didn't designate or Shabbos for that manner and you didn't designate challah, no problem. Eat the bread and designate challah after Shabbos. Leave over for after Shabbos and designate challah after Shabbos says the Morgan of on Shabbos of Erev Pesach, you don't have this option. Because you can't leave it over. So therefore you have no option, you have to give the whole thing to a guy. All the challah, before you eat any of it, all of it has to be given to a guy. That's what the Mogan of Ram says. Now let's, and the Altarebbe quotes this Mogan of in and Simantafim Dalit. and this should be on your handouts on page... Um, Page 2, line 23. Yep. Let's share the screen again. The following law applies. If a Jew forgot to separate challah on Friday from the bread that is chametz, that he baked for this Shabbos, and do not remember until night fell on Friday. On the other Shabbos of the year, a person on the diaspora has a means of rectifying the error made with this loaf. In the diaspora, it is permitted to partake of such a loaf without separating challah, as long as he leaves over the required measure for challah and an additional small amount from the loaf, so that after Shabbos, he can separate challah from this portion that was left over, separating it also for the bread that he ate on Shabbos. Um, partaking of the loaf is permitted because our sages ruled leniently with regarding the obligation to separate challah and chutzlaretz, allowing one to continue to eat from the bread as long as he separates challah afterwards. On this Shabbos, however, it is impossible to do so, for it is necessary to give the entire remainder of the loaf to a non-Jew as an outright gift before the onset of the sixth hour. Moreover, it is forbidden for the Jew to caution the non-Jew not to eat it and rather return it to him after Pesach, as will be explained in section 448. And if the non-Jew does not return the chametz to the Jew after Pesach so that he may separate challah from it, the Jew is considered retroactively to have eaten tevel in the Shabbos. Therefore, there is no way of rectifying this tevel. Instead, this bread cannot be eaten by the Jew on on Shabbos. It must be given as an outright gift to a non-Jew in its entirety before the sixth hour on Shabbos Day. And the Alter Rebbe here quotes 448.18, which is over here, it should be the next paragraph on your handout, so yeah, page 3, line 13. Even though, with regard to all matters of Torah law, um, when a person gives a gift, da da nevertheless, with regards to chametz on Pesach, we will stringently and forbid giving one's chametz to a non-Jew with the stipulation that he return it after Pesach. Now, we're not going to get into why this doesn't apply to selling chametz to a guy. that's another discussion, but the point is that you don't, you can't, you're stuck. You can't give your challah to a guy and say, I'm giving you this as a gift, give it back to me after Pesach and then designate challah from it and therefore you have to give the whole thing to guy." Okay. Now, so this is the of Avram quoted by the Alter Rebbe. And it's also quoted by a number of other Pasukim, Um, I think the Chayadam quotes it, the Ali Rebbe quotes it, a number of poskim quote this of Avram as is. Now, interjection a moment. This halacha is not taking into account the sale of khametz. Nowadays, there's a custom that we all, we all stand in practice. We all sell khametz for, for Pesach. So this year, when Erev Pesach fell on Shabbos, this year when Erev Pesach fell on Shabbos, there are a number of different ways to sell the khametz to, to the Goyim. Now, what some rabbonim do is that they sell all of the chomets to a guy, but they put a stipulation in the shtar that says that if I want to, if there's any chomets that I'm going to eat on Shabbos, I, you're giving me permission to uh, buy it back from you, and I'll, I'll just take the chomets from you, and I'll eat it on Shabbos, and then after Pesach, we'll cheshbed out the difference how much I owe you. And then, of course, after Pesach, it, does, it becomes irrelevant, because then the guy sells the whole thing back anyway. So there are some Rabbanim who do that. So now we could debate, and there's a lot to be said about this, about how, in this situation, right, where a person has challah on Shabbos. He sold the whole thing to a guy before Shabbos. And now I'm borrowing some of it to eat for the meal. But I'm not borrowing everything. I'm leaving another loaf in my freezer, and I'm going to designate challah from that Shabbos, from challah after Pesach. So we could debate about that, if that would work, if that would be an option. However, for this, um, there are sources I'm happy to discuss that after the classes, there's just not enough time to go through everything. But in this particular case, that was irrelevant because this was here in Chicago, and our, the Rav over here, Rabbi Heretz, the way he sold the chametz was that he sold it to the guy before Shabbos, and he stipulated that any chametz that we want to eat on Shabbos is not included in the sale. So here, that was irrelevant. The challah that he left out for Shabbos was not included on the sale. In fact, and I'm not even sure, it's possible that he made the challah on Friday afternoon after the sale was made, so then it's for sure no good, right? But, uh, but, but let's even say he made the challah before. Lamaisa, it was not included in the sale. So there's no option of giving it to Higoi, says the Mugan of Rome, too bad. Now, numerous, numerous Paschim have major problems with this Mugan of Rome and i'll just go through this th- i think the three main problems that they the questions on this moment of number one they say um f- how could you give it to a guy you're not allowed to give you, it's tevel tevel is also behind no you're not allowed to have any pleasure any benefit from tevel just like just like you're not allowed to just like you're not allowed to benefit from chametz and pesach you're not allowed to benefit from Tevel ever. So, you're not allowed to give Chomet as a gift to a guy on Pesach. The Alt said you have to give it before the sixth hour, before the prohibition of Chomet starts. Right? So, you, you, so, you're not allowed to give a gift of Tevel either. So, so, how could you give the whole thing to a guy? That's a question for Biki on this Mogan Another question, which I saw the Korban asks this and the Yaakov of Emden asks this. They say, once you have a dough that you've made, in under Jewish ownership, this dough now you have an obligation to designate challah from this dough. How does it help you to give it to a guy? You still, you still okay, so you haven't eaten tebel, but you still have an obligation to designate challah from it. But the main problem, the main problem is that all, uh, uh, you have the the, 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 the Nesanel, and, uh, and the Mekiva Eger, um, and the Nebi Yaakov Emden, and the Ponam um and the Big Deyesha, and, and many other very prominent Akhredim, they all say that this whole thing that we pass, in you're not allowed to designate challah on Shabbos, is only because, you know, like the Torah said, it's good to be backward because you have an option to do it afterwards. Right. But if you don't have an option to do it afterwards, because it's Shabbos of Pesach, and this is the only thing that you have, you don't have another Lachem Mishnah, this is the only challah that you have, then, of course, you could rely on the Shittah of the Rosh and the Ran and the Ravid and the, all the Rishonim that we enumerated before, who hold that every Shabbos of the year, it's not a problem. So year round, we're going to be Machmir. We can be Machmir, so we'll be Machmir. But on Shabbosite of Pesach, there's no other option. So then we could rely on all those lenient opinions. Now, there's a couple of caveats to that, which I want to mention. So first of all, the the Big Day Yesha and his tshuva, um, he he says that um, he thinks that it's okay to be lenient about this, but he wants to have other people to sign off together with him. He doesn't want you to rely on him himself and he has a few reasons why he says and, and some of these were mentioned before he says first of all in other words even though i'm telling you we have all these reasons to be lenient there's also reasons to be machmir number one um rashi perhaps only applies on yom if not on shabbos we discussed that before number two you have the opinion of toysus that says that even rabbi's lenient opinion is only if it was if the dough wasn't fully needed before shabbos but if it was fully needed though then according to toysus that would be no good Number three, he says, um, this is a very interesting one. What does the rush say? Why, 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 is there no, why does Rabahol, there's no, it's, it's, it's better, it's better, listen to this. What does Ra, Ra, Rabahol, why is there no problem, to be according to the Rush? why is there no problem to designate challah on Shabbos? Because you're not masakin. Why are you not masakin? Because you have an option to do it after, after Shabbos. But here you don't have an option to do it after Shabbos. So you are masakin. Right. But nevertheless, the the B'dayasher says, no, you're allowed to eat this dough right now. There's another. It's not because of challah that you're not allowed to do it. There's a separate isser, Ayyohad Revi there's a separate isser of chametz that's not going to allow you technically to leave it to to do it after Shabbos. But as far as the halacha of Rosh's challah are concerned, you're not mishakit. So because of all these things, he does show a little bit of ambivalence. But even the big diyasha is is um, is, uh, is uh, seems to be lenient about this. Now, uh, oh, so so now let's get back to this situation at hand. The altarab is machmel. The altarab is machmel like the of However, the altarab is talking about before you ate any of it. He says, "Don't eat any of it." Just give the whole thing to a guy, right? Now, so we have so we have many, why, why, we, why is the Morgon of Ram so strict? We have the Arab Kivega and all these Akhrenim who say, no, we don't need to be so strict. Lamaisa, if we follow the Pesachim of the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe will follow Paschas like the Morgon of Ram, we have to have him Ahmed. However, I think it's very reasonable to say, and this is indeed what the Baal HaMaisa did, he says, good, the Alter Rebbe is only talking about before you ate any of it. But once I've already eaten it, if I don't designate challah from it now, I'm going to have violated the Isra of Tevel. I'm going to have eaten Tevel. So in such a situation, perhaps even for, for the Alter Rebbe would agree that Kedai heim, all these Gedele'i HaRichreinim and Rishreinim to rely on, to designate the Chala on Shabbos to, um, to save yourself retroactively from having eaten Tevel. And that's indeed what I think that's perfectly reasonable assumption. And uh, that's what indeed this person did. He designated Chala on Shabbos and gave it to the Kohen cotton to eat. I should mention though that before I asked the question, B'chal, do you have to do you, whenever you're Echel Mashai and Alan Shabbos during the week, do you make a bracha la hafish They said the pashtus says that, yeah, you always say bracha but the normative psaq is that you would say bracha la hafish when you're Echel Mashai. But here there may be a reason not to say la and this is Rabbi Yaakov Emden's is very interesting. I wish I had more time to go through it, and he, he He's very sharp about it, um, but uh, he attacks the Hate. He says, it would, "You know, what he says makes no sense, and is waste of paper. And you know, it's better to give out paper with ink on in it than ink without paper without ink on in it." But it's absolute nonsense. You know, he's very. But he has a few things. He says, first of all. Um, do it without a bracha. If you're going to do it on Shabbos, do it without a bracha. He says, do it without a bracha, because when you make a bracha, then it's really obvious that you're doing a masakin. Well, if you don't do it without a bracha, then it's just going on in your mind, but it's not so obvious that there's some masakin going on. Now, Rabbi Yaakov Emden is the only one who says that. The other person I haven't seen say that, and even he only says it Good. but that's another question. And then he also says, that perhaps it would be better, I alluded to this last week, perhaps it would be better to give it to an animal of a kohen rather than a, to a human kohen, um, because again, that would be sort of, it wouldn't look so obvious that it's Lafarosh's challah, and um in order to do that, you would have to have an animal shim as a and olive. You're only allowed to feed an animal on Shabbos if you are responsible for that animal's food. So in order to do that, you would have to find a kohen who owns a dog who's responsible for feeding that dog. You couldn't just give it to a dog in the street. I mean, it would have to, yeah, anyway. But it wouldn't just be a kohen giving it to any animal. It would have to. But based on that, I had another shaila, which I'm not hundred percent sure about. You remember last week we saw that Rama says that if you give the Ka the to a Kayan, so there's a brachi, he has to make a shaykh the sharam I think it was Lachil truma or Lachila Struma. So would, would Rabbi Akham Hamdan hold that you don't say that bracha either? Or, in other words, the bracha la hafrish chala, where you're designating the chala there, you don't want it to be obvious that you're separating chala. Once you have the chala for the coin to then say a bracha la asher kadeshonabi or not, I'm not sure if, if, if that would be a problem. And, and, and says, Rabbi, Rabbi Akham Hamdan is the only one, and even he only says it al tzadah yo'satayf. And he's not talking about the bracha. He's talking about the bracha of Hafish So to then take his altsata a step further to say that the kohen cotton shouldn't say the bracha. Uh, I think it's far fetched, but it's certainly, it certainly it, it 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 can be said. Yes. The a, a question I'm thinking is, you can't carry the Chala to the kohen, right? To give it to an animal, which means the kohen can't bring the animal over to your house unless it's within the yahr. Right yeah yeah so all of that has to fall into place in this particular case the guy actually had a cohen in his house so going down. <laughs> right no yeah you yeah. 100% 100% okay so that's basically the end of the of the suya and uh, you know i think you justified very well the 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 that this person did um I want to say one more thing, which is uh, in the Lambdas. I found this a very good of art. If you don't follow this, it's totally fine. It's not uh, uh, in sort of in any way uh, necessary to the flow of the thing. He says like this the big day, in his whole discussion, he, says, he brings a uh, He says like this. The rabbi was Michael in the Gemara. He says, you're allowed to be mafresh chala on Shabbos. Why? So the pastor the reason you would say, which is what the Rosh and the Ran and most of the Rishonim say, because it's not mesakin. Why is it not mesakin? Because you have an option to be eichel Meshire. Rashi says this other thing. Rashi says, no, that because as an eight, because if you need a dough on Yomtev, you're allowed to be mafresh chala. So a we're going to say that there was, Chazal never made any takona against being mafresh chala on Yamtif. And a there's no problem at all. Why does Rashi need to say something in such a big chiddush? Why doesn't he just say like all the others? So the B'gayasha, it's Pashto once you know the information, but the B'gayasha spells it out. The Torah brings from Rabbi Chaim, B'Shem Rashi, that you're not allowed to be mafresh chala on Shabbos, you're not allowed to be either. is also mesakin. So the Rosh is saying you're not mesakin because you have an option of being an Meshayar, that doesn't work according to Rashi, because he holds that Eichel is also misakin. If you leave it over, right? Which may be connected to the Shita of Rashi that holds that you only leave over the exact amount that's challah, not that you leave over extra and to separate from that challah. But because Rashi holds that the way al HaMashayah works is that you leave over the challah, and leaving it over is no better than being mafresh challah behedya. So you don't have an option to be Mafish Khalan Shabbos. so you are real Masakin. So therefore Rashi is cornered into this place where he has to come up with a new reason why Rabbah would be lenient. And he says that Rabbah holds there was never a decree against being ma'fresh Khal on Shabbos or Nyamtuf because um because uh, be, be, because if, if you needed the on Yomtef, it would it would be mutter. Okay, so uh, that brings to a close this discussion, which I found absolutely fascinating. And uh so um neck one second just recording.